To be gracefully assertive is a skill one needs to practice and develop. I learned not to expect others to spontaneously notice and reward my contribution. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Rashmi Vyas. Dr. Vyas is the Assistant Vice President of FAMER, and FAMER stands for the Foundation for Advancement of International Medical Education and Research. FAMER is in Philadelphia, PA. So your colleague, Dr. Paige Morahan, was on the podcast several weeks ago and told us about FAMER and really recommended that we get you on the podcast. So I'm so excited that you um, have time for us. What is it you'd like to share with the Faculty Factory podcast audience today? You deserve a seat at the table. Communicate your value. That is what I will share with all of you today. Perfect. I would like to start with a little story about a little girl called Sophie and her little dog, Scruffy. They loved each other dearly. Scruffy would always be at the table with the family eating tidbits out of Sophie's hand. One Thanksgiving, they had a large number of guests and the family decided that Scruffy did not have a place at the table and tied him out on the porch. Come Thanksgiving, the Everybody is seated around the big table, ready to cut the turkey, when in bounced <laughs> Scruffy, he had managed to get himself loose, jumped the table and ate up the turkey. Mm. Everyone was aghast. Thanksgiving was ruined. Scruffy has to, was the family's decision. Little Sophie stood her ground. She said that if Scruffy was given his place at the table, he would not have eaten the turkey. She persisted. Family agreed. Next Thanksgiving, there was Scruffy next to Sophie, and all was well. What I got from this was <laughs> that Sophie believed that Scruffy deserved a seat at the table. And all of us do that. You deserve a seat at the table. I deserve a seat at the table. And I'm here to share my experiences with learning to communicate my value to others. More important, learning to believe that I deserve a seat at the table. So here is my story, story of someone who is still a work in progress. <laughs> I was born in India. I did my medical school and MD from India, advanced the academic ladder and worked as a full-time professor in a medical school in India. My work in the area of medical education had national credibility when, boom, in 2014, I moved to the United States of America. I became a full-time staff at ECFNG FAMER. FAMER is a non-profit foundation of the Education Commission for Foreign Medical Graduates, ECFNG, and our mission has been to improve health by improving health professional education. So what were the major changes in my life? They were in three areas. The first was country. I moved internationally from India to USA. I moved from interdependent culture to independent culture of the West. Mm. The second was in the area of my work. I've always worked in medical schools. So now I moved from an academic setup 
to a non-profit organization. And I moved from a well-established secure career with national recognition to starting new. The third area, my personal area, my status suddenly changed to an immigrant status and put net family and friends were left behind in India. Mm. My career trajectory, what happened to that at ECFMG FEMA? At my organization, my career started as a cross-cultural educationalist at FEMA in 2014. Within three years, I moved to FEMA Regional Faculty Development, then director of the FEMA Institute. Interestingly, I had been a fellow in 2003 of the FEMA Institute program. This is a program which offers fellowship in health professions education to health professions education faculty. At that time, I was in India. So continuing my journey back in FEMA, and then I moved on to Vice President FEMA in 2017. Since then, I was invited to a seat at leadership table at ECFMG FEMA, first at the senior leadership team, and then the following year in 2019 at the education committee, which includes ECFMG FEMA board representatives. Okay, this is what happened to me. But then what is the approach I took to communicate my value? Mm-hmm. What I did was I learned to reinvent myself through a willingness to change and investing in myself. To all of you who are listening, an important take-home I have for you is to reinvent yourself through a willingness to change and investing in yourself. I will share with you a... So, what were the four strategies that I used for investing in myself? First was leadership. What I did was, this was a new environment. I proactively availed opportunities at my organization for leadership. For example, actively taught and participated in leadership sessions at the Famer Institute Fellowship Program. I participated in leadership workshops by my organization and 360-degree feedback on my leadership strengths. That had been very helpful. And then soon after, as soon as I came, actually right in the first year, I applied for and then I did the ELATE Fellowship. Uh, ELATE stands for Executive Leadership in Academic Technology Science quite a mouthful, offered by Drexel. It is modeled on the ELAM program and focused on STEM fields in academia. Uh, fortunately, because of good mentorship, I had been able to enter to USA with my organization to my ELATE fellowship. I did it to interview organization leadership and learn about budgeting, gave me a window to build relationships with leaders outside my department. I became part of a network of women leaders within my organization, gained confidence, and I enhanced my leadership skills. The second strategy is coaching. I had an executive coach. As part of the Elite program, I engaged an executive coach for negotiating my promotion and job offer. And I will let all of you into a I have used it relentlessly. Mm-hmm. I have used the culture on to continue the coaching arrangement beyond Elite. I have been very fortunate. My coach, Lisa Binder, has worked with me for all the subsequent job negotiations and promotions. She has been there for me, guiding me and coaching me. 
The third strategy is mentorship. I have found it important to have different levels of mentorship. My boss, my peers, other female connections. I have had many mentors in my journey at ECFM FEMA. And one in particular I'm forever indebted to is my mentor, Paige Marahan, which Kim has just mentioned. And she has a podcast in Faculty Factory, if you're interested to hear her. Strategy is continuing professional development. I have enrolled in a PhD in health professions education at the University of Illinois at Chicago. It's very challenging to my uh, work responsibilities, but I am determined continuing on it. Because besides being important in my overall career plan as a respected health professions educator and researcher, the experience in their online program as a student is proving extremely useful as we are moving our female institute program to an online curriculum in response to the pandemic, as many of you have been doing. So these are the four strategies I use for investing in myself and still continue to use leadership, coaching, mentoring, and continuing professional development. The second piece is about uh, willingness to change, four strategies to change. First was assertive, learn to be assertive. Believe me, this was the hardest for me. To be gracefully assertive is a skill one needs to practice and develop. I learned to claim my achievements and be successful. I learned not to expect others to spontaneously notice and reward my contribution. Being a woman from a more interdependent culture, it was hard to learn to claim my achievements. And as an extrovert, I tend to speak a lot. So it has been even harder to learn to be succinct. <laughs> a specific skill which I use is the two-minute elevator talk that helps me. And again, another secret, I have several two-minute elevator talks ready and memorized for different issues important for my career, one whenever there's a need and an opportunity. My second strategy for willingness to change is taking initiatives. I focused on my career advancement. Uh, what I did was I prioritized my career and job. And that required some hard thinking and setting of career goals. It was not easy, but a coach, mentor helped me do that. Mm -hmm. I started recognizing and saying no in a diplomatic fashion to those tasks that were not aligned with my career goals. Again, not easy. I'm still learning that. I also learned to balance the big picture with attention to details. I am naturally a big picture person. And I have learned that I must focus on details to get the big picture accomplished. Mm -hmm. The third strategy is network. Build and mutually leveraged relationships, enlist allies. For example, I enlisted the help of a senior leader in my organization whom I had come to know through the elite leadership interview to convince my bosses to engage an executive coach for me. And that has been a real blessing. And my fourth strategy was retain my value. I learned to be an independent culture and yet be true to myself. I'm still very respectful. It is hard for me to be, <laughs> to be otherwise. However, I have learned the nuances of being rude versus assertive, being respectful versus 
appearance of lack of initiative, consensus building versus being needy for all to like the decision. So, for example, in an interdependent culture, what is considered rude is possibly is considered assertive in a different culture, in a more uh, mm. independent culture. Similarly, what is considered respectful in an interdependent culture is uh, probably considered that you know it gives an appearance of lack of an, an independent culture and so on. So I learned all these things, learned to navigate through these, and I'm still learning to use these strategies. As I have said, I'm a work in progress. I invite you to use the strategy, willingness to change and investing in yourself to reinvent yourself. With the COVID-19 pandemic, we will be needing this as our organizations change to adapt post-pandemic. All these are like any other skills, actually. The more you do it, practice it, the better you will get at it. So start now or continue practicing them if already doing so. Go and communicate your value. Deserve a seat at the table. That's my story, and that's my message for today. Oh, Kim, <laughs> over to you. Rashmi, that was really, really great. What uh, You've covered so much, done so well, so succinct and clear. I love the examples. I love the focus on interdependent culture. So thank you for sharing those important points on investing in ourselves and being willing to change. You're exactly right. It's more important now than ever. So thank you, Dr. Rashmi Vyas, the Assistant Vice President for FAMER, the Foundation for Advancement of International Medical Education and Research in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Rashmi. Thank you, Kim. Pleasure is mine. See you all next time on the Faculty Factory Podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.